Hey everybody, Legendary Randy Erickson here. I am in Casper, Wyoming. I'm standing outside race headquarters for the Cameco Cowboy Tough Adventure Race and Podcast Festival. So, hey, oh wait, this is like the TA1 podcast and I'm your host, Legendary Randy Erickson. Well, I'm all confused anyway. So we're a little bit late. I'm going to try and get this out yet tonight. But uh, we just got done, well, no, we got done with opening ceremonies a while ago. Uh, got the video up, getting it ready to go up anyway. So I thought I would just step outside and um, do my intro so it's there. Um, everybody's inside chatting away, working. So far, everything's been pretty good other than we blew up the adventure enablers beast of a truck uh, yesterday while we were out scouting the course theoretically I didn't have anything to do with it and that's my story and I'm sticking to it so we'll keep this short because I got more work to do um, that's it go fast take chances and thanks for listening you there Randy? stop ringing are you there? yeah can you hear me? yes I can okay Jeez. Although I've got some setting that's putting everything in one ear, but <laughs> so, but I can hear you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm just having a little problem with my computer. Actually, I've just lost all my tabs. <laughs> just bear with me for a minute. Uh, yep, we're cool. I've just done something fancy and then can't undo it. I'm not the most technological person in the world. Uh, yeah. Dang. Well, I have a good st a story while you're doing that. I had a guy call me the other day that wanted some pictures from the swim outdoor swim I shot. So I'm like, well, just send me the you know thumbnail the one you want. And he's like, well, I don't quite know how to do that. So how about if I just print it out and I'll circle it and I'll mail it to you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mate. I just so. just handed my computer over to my teenagers so they can help me just minimize my screen a bit. Do we need to yeah. shrink it down? Yeah. Is it good? Sorry, Randy. Get there, mate. Hey. Yeah. Uh, right. I think we're in business, mate. Uh, yeah, I've just got a few tabs up so I can refer back to when we're chatting and such things so I can try and get all the team names right. Uh, you can still hear me? Yep. Cool. All right. All good. So, um, no. Well, you should introduce your IT guy. Tell everybody who it is. <laughs> my IT guy is my kids, and and it certainly isn't me. <laughs> so, all right. Okay. So, first of all, we got to we got to address the fact that you're smarter than I am. Because your uh, adventure race uh, endeavor, at least you don't have to pay hosting fees and bandwidth, and you did it. You did it the smart way, the cheap way. Yeah, I guess it's pretty basic at the moment, and uh, it kind of works. So you know, hey, just yeah. go with it. Yeah, well, it does. It's it's uh, you know, people keep asking me, well, what's your website? What's your website? And I'm like. Don't need a website. Everybody's on Facebook that we we deal with. So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I've been toying with the idea of a, face, um, a website, and I, I will eventually, and such things down the track once uh, maybe I get a little bit of support and backing and such things, and therefore I can profile a few things on there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sometimes it works. Um, it, and as you notice, I have my my helpers with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can hear that. Yeah, we're we're actually sitting out on the front porch. Oh, very nice. So the birds are in the cage. Chili's out uh, laying in the tall grass. So because it's summertime here. Yeah, I think your podcasts are always entertaining. Uh, Randy and it's um, yeah the background sound effects certainly makes it sound exotic and tropical. Yeah, well, and non-professional, which is the most important thing. <laughs> and that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wh- why did why did you decide you wanted to uh, start AR Live and sit in front of a computer for all these races and tell people what's going on? Well, I, I guess. Um, I think it was back in 2013, I followed the Costa Rica race really closely and um, Joel from Breeze Magazine in Canada and, and Pete uh, Dobo um, were yeah. doing the coverage there and yeah, I was really hooked on it and I was just blown away and thought it was fantastic and amazing and, and then the following year in Ecuador, they they kind of, they did it again but they had difficulty with internet connections and reception and all those sorts of things as, as you do in, in uh, far-flung countries so I actually mm-hmm. flicked off an email to them and says, hey, look, guys, would it help if you had someone in a different country in a different time zone and might make it easier to cover the races? And and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually did um, Expedition, uh, sorry, XPD in Australia in 2015. And together, um, between three of us, there was like Liam St. Pierre in Australia and Pete in, um, in Canada, and the three of us did that. And, yeah, it was, it was pretty successful, and people enjoyed it and such things. So... Um, and then from there last year I sort of put the feelers out to Craig and Louise at ARWS and said hey look would you be interested in you know doing a bit of commentary and coverage of the races and bits and pieces and they were pretty keen and, and that went really well um, and then I sort of just decided that um, I wanted a little bit more freedom to do my own thing and but also yeah. a little bit of flexibility just to cover other races outside ARWS as well um, and you know, I guess just to cover adventure racing in general and, and not just um, the world circuit. So that's kind of how it's all come about. And yeah, it's been a pretty fun process, actually, to be honest. Yeah, well, the, the dirty little secret of uh, adventure race media, if you tell somebody you're going to do something for nothing, they just they just love it, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't do it for nothing, it doesn't happen anyway. So um, it's, it's the way it goes, but yeah, hey, look, we'll see what yeah. happens in the future and, and how it develops. But no, I've, feedback's been amazing and people love it, and it, it's kind of funny. It's just something that I never really thought about doing, and and I kind of didn't know I was good at, or um, or didn't know that people would really enjoy it that much. But it, there's definitely a niche there for it. There was a gap in the market, mm-hmm. I guess, for the commentary. Um, try yeah. and keep people up to date and and try and cover as much of the race and as much of the field as possible in, in a timely manner. And, um, yeah, as I say, there's definitely a need for it, I think, and it's, it's filled with quite a good little niche in the market, I think. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the dirty little secret that you actually know more what's going on than than those of us that are actually at the race. Um, I mean, I don't know how many times I've got an email or a message and somebody's like, what's happening? And I'm like, 
I have no idea. <laughs> I know what's happening in the 15 minutes right around me, but <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a good, good uh, yeah. thing you're doing. So where where are you drawing all your your information from? Um, I mean, a lot of different locations, but um, I mean, it's modern technology is amazing. I mean, I'm sitting here on on the couch in New Zealand, and and yeah, as you say, I mean, I'm just following the race on the tracking system is obviously the key place where. You get the information, and, and ultimately I rely very he- heavily on good tracking systems and good trackers. Um, but, yeah, I, I scroll through and, and look at a few other Facebook pages, and particularly some of the uh, races, and God's Own was probably the main one, where there's a lot of other people posting on their own Facebook pages as well, so you sort of can glean yeah. a bit of information from them, and I'm just sort of jumping around different websites and, and such things and just trying to see if someone's caught something that I haven't seen and and so forth and yeah it's it's just a matter of just sort of um running around all over the show i've got about 20 tabs up normally and just flicking from one spot to the next and trying to get information out as quick as i can and typing frantically without making too many typos and and such things to try and get that information out there as fast as possible yeah i think that's that's the big thing is it it you have the time to to uh yeah, look at find all these things um, and bring them all into one place. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest deal is is bringing them all into into that one place and and then putting your little spin on on what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I have my own perspective on on the race and what I think's happening and developing yeah. and such things. But but yeah, I think it is. I mean, it is becoming quite a key thing where there are so many places where you can get information and and you you can spend a lot of time. And obviously, I do spend a lot of time sort of trying to. Yeah. Uh, find that information but yeah i'm trying to gather it all together and and sort of then put it in a a location where people can um, find it easily and and keep up to date and obviously if they're at work they just need to flick onto facebook and they can get their updates or when they get home they just sort of scroll back a few hours and see what's been going on and it's yeah it is it's working really well and really quite blown away by it and and feedback's been fantastic yeah well it's 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 kind of interesting because it it Costa Rica World's attack point, I think they had like over 3,000 posts during the race. Yeah. And nothing, nothing has come close to that. And I'm not sure if it's because there are more places where people go so they're not all going to one place or if they're all moving, you know, to Facebook, to your page. You know, between between the AR Live and, and if you watch the tracking, you can... You, you really don't need much more. No, you don't really. I guess you don't want too many places for people to go because, yeah, it just gets confusing and it gets watered down a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I try and only do maybe two or three posts per hour. Um, I mean, sometimes if I have a sleep, um, I'll, I'll get up and I'll do maybe six posts in the space of an hour just to sort of get caught up a little bit. But then after that, I just yeah. try and do a couple, two or three posts per hour unless something major is happening in the race. Um, and it just sort of gives people time to sort of catch up and stay up to date, but without swamping the Facebook page with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of posts um, as well. So it's sort of a balancing act between sort of getting enough and, and the right information out there and some fun stuff as well, you know, um, but uh, without, yeah, absolutely drowning it in, in uh, needless posts. Yeah. Well, is it? It really doesn't matter to you what time of day it is at the race or at at your house because 
there's there's going to be somebody watching 24 24 7 yeah so yeah for sure yeah. i mean so um at one of the races yeah. recently i was sort of working around okay well it's this time in europe now so to and the quiet traffic times are obviously early hours of the morning and and middle of the day actually so you can yeah. sort of go all right i can probably afford to have a two-hour nap here and and such things and work it around in different time zones yeah yeah just take a break once in a while and um have it uh, what is it? IRL in real life? Have a real life for a little bit? Yeah, yeah sort of let the race develop a little bit at times too. You know, sort of you, you give it a two or three hour break and then do a bit of a catch up. Yeah, I mean, you know, things like it at Cowboy Tough. There's going to be there's going to be long stretches where all they're going to really be doing is biking. Um, yeah, I guess so. there is there's certainly one big league in there. But I mean, the other thing with the coverage too, I just try and keep it fun. Um, yeah. reasonably light-hearted but at the same time i try and put in some good uh, analysis and information and and such things but i like to try and make it as interactive as possible as well so the audience can kind of get involved and and be part of the action and and feel that they're sort of um you know part of the community out there and all, all following it together it's like a big grandstand so to speak yeah i think um, i imagine it's been a boon that races have uh put out the map files when the race starts so you actually have a map and rules of travel you know you can do that you do google earth because i know you'll some a lot of a lot of your posts are in general are like well, what the hell are they doing <laughs> the the benefits of sitting and watching on google earth right yeah Absolutely, but you know, it's good for people to ask questions too if they can't work out why their team hasn't moved for a while. And yeah, you know, and if I can't answer the question, you know, or even if I'm asleep, you know, quite often um, other viewers will actually jump on there and just post a comment anyway, and that's fantastic. You yeah. know, that's what it's all about. Um, sort of more people getting involved in it, and and I see it. Yeah, you know, it's everybody's facebook page and and commentary to a degree as much as it is mine so the more crowd participation the better yeah i think that's uh yeah that that, that crowdsourcing for something like this you know it, it yeah it's got to definitely help you yeah so, um which which i i know probably which one you'd rather do but which is more fun racing or commenting um, commenting certainly easier. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really easy to have an opinion. Um, it's really hard to work things out when you're on the ground sometimes, and and it's yeah. misty and foggy, and and you don't have a clue where you are. So I mean, commentary is way easier. So, yeah. So, um, how many races have you done? I could probably come up with an idea in my head but it'd be easier to ask you yeah it's probably only 12 or 15 i guess in total um yeah you know but each race you know you're fully committed for a whole week so yeah um <laughs> you know it, it is quite time consuming and and obviously i don't do anything else for a whole week and i'm doing 18 20 hours a day of basically sitting in front of the computer so um you know there's there's certainly no income that week anyway uh, i've got yeah yeah, well, welcome to my world. <laughs> but at least you're not buying uh, tanks of gas every day. Yeah, exactly. I just need lots of, but, lots of tea and biscuits and and uh, and a little bit of sleep here and there, and, and I'm good to go. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. 
Nobody's putting a gun to my head and making me go, so I'm not uh, <laughs> not complaining. Yeah. So plus this this one is the easiest one for me. Yeah, it's, it's in your backyard, basically, it, isn't it? It well, pretty much is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's pretty. No, I'm about a third packed and ready to go. Gears already. Yeah. Rounded up all the batteries. Got all the chargers. Got all that stuff ready. So that usually takes the longest for me. Yeah. So. Throw some clothes in and hit the road. I mean, in the uh, future, I'd love to be at the races because, I mean, if I was sitting at HQ doing the coverage, I mean, I could do, you know, two, three times better job because the information, you know, there's always information and stories flying around uh, HQ and, and, you know, it's right there at your fingertips. And, and, I mean, I've had some fantastic people, and particularly Ecuador was great this year. There was a couple of ladies there that I had contact with at HQ, and they were flicking me emails and such things. But, you know, some of the races, it's it's, it's pretty hard to get some of that nitty-gritty information mm-hmm. because I can certain work certain things out online on the mapping and such things, but... Um, when it comes to breakdowns, injuries, why teams have stopped or pulled out, um, time penalties and all those sorts of things, I really rely on uh, getting information from from the race uh, headquarters. And if I don't get that information, then the coverage isn't quite so good. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it, it does. If I found that that works, but I've also been at races where there's supposed to be somebody doing that. And every time you turn around, they're out on the course. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be a <laughs> and, big uh, thing. I mean, um, you know, there has been talk of, you know, people doing it and sort of trying to keep Facebooks up to date. But, yeah, I mean, uh, in China was a classic example where, you know, there's not a lot of internet and they go out for six or eight hours out on the course and then they come back and they've got to edit and look at the photos. And, and by the time they post it, you know, it takes a lot of time. And um, yeah. so, yeah, as you say, it's actually quicker and easier doing it from home. And we, as you say, we do know know more a lot of time what's going on and and more up to date than you are yeah well i think it's okay if somebody's there but if but but you have to be you have to be tied to the computer yeah yeah and 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 it is it is to that point where yeah somebody can walk in and you can talk to them but um you know as long as you're disciplined i think that could work pretty well yeah but if it's your job to be at headquarters, be at headquarters. Mm, yeah. Some so I, it's one of those stories that someday I'll tell you. But <laughs> over a BMI. It, it, yeah, yeah. So, so when will you start covering Cowboy Tough? Well, I guess I'm already putting posts up and such things and trying to build build up and lead into it. I mean, this weekend I'm actually doing coverage on the Beast race in, race in Ireland, which is a 40-hour race. Mm-hmm. So I'll be covering that um, Saturday, Sunday, New Zealand time here. Um, yeah. Now that starts, as you talk about time zones and bits and pieces, that starts at 5 p.m. in Ireland, which is like 4 a.m. New Zealand time. So yeah. I'll be getting up early Saturday morning and covering that right through to Sunday night my time. Um and then after that, I'll be straight into starting to do build-up for um, Cowboy Tough, and then it'll be right through to the end of the race until the last team crosses the line. Yeah, which will actually be during the uh, magic of editing, which will be exactly when these when people are hearing this next Tuesday. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're listening to this, 
As soon as you're done. Well, you don't even have to wait till you're done. Just You can just go to Facebook and go to AR Live, and you can see what's happening while you're listening to what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that sounds like like real media. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell anybody. Yeah, we're synchronized, man. We're on to it. So let's let's talk cowboy tough for a while. Let's. One of the things I want to do is make some really stupid predictions and guesses so that afterwards people can look at us and point and laugh. <laughs> yeah, because I think trying I think trying to predict an adventure race is pretty pretty silly, but it is silly. And, it won't and stop yeah, us. We stick our necks right out sometimes, but hey, it's part of the fun, and you yeah. just got to have thick skin, and you get it right sometimes, and and far from right other times. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming you've looked at like the course planners and and you've seen what the racers have seen. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your uh, take on on the race? As far as the course, uh, Randy, or the it, team? Yeah, it was the course, and course, yeah. you know, it, it, pretend you're a racer. Yeah. Well, no, you don't, I mean, have, to, you don't have to pretend you're a racer. You are a racer, but if if you were racing this race, what would you be thinking now, knowing what you have have seen? Yeah, I mean, just from the planner and such things, the the course looks amazing in the respect that there's a couple of really good trek legs early on, um, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that I think it's leg four doesn't actually have any checkpoints at all. So, um, I mean, that, that's a great uh, move by the organisers because it just gives teams options. I mean, a lot of the time what you find on, on yeah. courses is the checkpoints are actually just to make sure everyone's following the right route, and it's a safety mm-hmm. thing, of course, at times, and, and in places you have to have them because um, there's areas you don't want teams going into or aren't allowed into. So, um, you know, there's, there's two big trek legs and the first half of the race, and then it gets into a big bike league. And quite often, you know, I think you'd, you'd probably look at it and go, um, okay, whoever gets out of that trek leg with an advantage is, is going to be pretty well set. But I don't think that will be the case in this race because there's still 320 kilometres of biking um, to do in a 24-hour period. Now, you probably yeah. know the terrain and the area better than I do, Um and how difficult navigation will be at night time and such things on those bike legs. But, um, yeah, I don't think this one will be over until they sort of get into those last couple of legs, really. Yeah. yeah. I think what what my take is on it is what, when Mark says that navigation is going to be really important and route choices, yeah. that's from, from looking at the course in – well, this is only two days before the start, so it's it's not a big secret. But I've seen the maps. Yeah. So actually, I can see the maps from where I'm sitting. No, that's not fair, <laughs> Eat your hearts out, adventure racers. But um, don't rub it in. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, what he has said the whole time is route choice. Yeah. Is 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 going to be? Yeah. Critical. Really, really. Really crucial. That's great, um, and I mean, and that's because what I, yeah, that's what I say. That, I mean, there's a trek leg there, and that I think the first big trek leg is like sixty something kilometers. Um, yeah, and sixty-two kilometers it is, and and if there's no checkpoints in there, I mean, that's a huge area. And yep. there was another race I remember a few years ago, and and it had a leg like that, and you know there was about four main routes that teams took, and and some were quicker and better, and than others, obviously. So. Um, yeah. yeah, that's something that can really break the field up, and and yeah, and it brings that real navigation factor in, and, and that's fantastic for races. 
is what it's about. Yeah. And they're going to hit that first first trek at dark. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. So they're, the, you know, the biggest the biggest chunk because they're talking thirteen to twenty four hours. Yeah. And I'm think I'm thinking they're going to hit it eight. Eight o'clock, yeah, eight nine o'clock at night, so just before dark. Yeah. So, um, but it'll get lighted about probably five ish, five thirty. Okay, yeah. I mean, they're saying one hundred percent trails, but I mean, yeah, there must be a lot of different trails in there as well. So there's there's going to be options, and and uh, yeah, that makes the racing exciting. Yeah, yeah, I think it will. I think it it looks pretty straightforward. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it is. <laughs> never is, never is, mate. What it looks no, like on paper and no. what it's like on the ground are always totally yeah. different. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's always a few curveballs in there, and and it's the old story. You only have to make one small mistake, and it can snowball. Or, um, yeah, it takes a while to correct it. And these top teams, in particular, I mean, they just can't afford to make mistakes these days because um, you lose an hour or two, and it's it, it's not race over, but it can make a big difference, and it's hard to claw it back. Yeah. So okay, here's our first wild ass guess. Who finishes the trek first? Um, trek first, yeah. I would probably. Who, yeah, who gets to the first TA? Um, I mean, trekking is pretty much is a good strength of Seagate. So I mean, you, you, they're going to be right there. Um, but maybe yeah. Columbia Viterate as well. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one yeah. through that first trek. So. Um, but it will come down to route choice. So local knowledge, AMK, yeah. you can't go past that either. Um, but unfortunately, Kyle's not there, so that uh, yeah, uh, that, that's going to have quite a big impact on them, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go. I've got the list up here because I can't remember. The, <laughs> it's kind of funny. There, the, I mean, 60 teams is a lot. And my uh, favorite thing is to always go through and see how many uh, – People have been on the podcast, and I can't even count how many are on here because I can't remember everybody anymore. I am going to go with Tiki Tour. Okay. I, don't ask me why. I just it seems like a good choice. Yeah, fair. But I don't think I don't think I bet you the top ten teams are maybe within an hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's often so. the first twenty-four hours. That's often the case. You know, it's sort of they're still within yeah. an hour or two. The first top ten teams. So, um, yeah, you're probably right there actually on that first trek and yeah. and so forth. But unless, as you say, there's a an obvious good route choice and and there's some bad route choices, then um, yeah, that will just make be the difference, I guess. Oh, you know what? I got I got a let's okay, let's play this game. Pick a dark horse for the. Be at the first TA. Um, I actually thought Godzone um, were a really good dark horse uh, pick for this race, but then I found out that Warren wasn't racing, and I think once again that will have an impact on them too. So um, mm. dark horse, yeah, I got just just to the first TA. Um, let's go Naturex or even uh, FMR, the other French team. I mean, they've been racing well, so um, okay. but Hard Gloss Silver will be right up there. Yeah. All right. See, I'm I'm going to go Homer. I'm going to go with Cloud Peak Cowboys. Yeah. Because I'm suspecting that maybe one or more of them might might have might have been 
might know where they're going. Not not right now, but when they get there, they'll have been there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's just because they're from Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> not a very, not a very, uh, um, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, inspired choice, but I'll take it. So, um, let's 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 do this. You got the you got the roster up. Yep. Let's just go through it and and uh, and and talk about the teams, what we know about them. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, I mean, so we got Seagate number one. Yeah, and it's it's really really hard to bet against them. But actually, the way I've been but, looking at it, Randy, to be honest, is not so much who's going to win it, but who's capable of beating Seagate. And I've kind of, and I think there's probably three teams. Um, so sort of decided not to maybe sit on the fence quite so much this year and sort of give everybody a chance. But um, I mean they've won three years in a row. Um, yeah. Um, Stu Lynch has actually won four in a row. So I mean, yep. despite the fact that they've had two personnel changes over the last year. Um, yeah, I think obviously they're still the team to beat, but mechanical problems, injuries, and such things can still happen. So, yeah, um, yeah I've sort of, I think AMK, uh, up until I found out that Kyle wasn't racing, I, I would have given them about a 40% chance of actually winning it. And I thought, you know, in the home territory, um, in their own backyard, you know, they'd be really, really strong. And, and after last year's performance, they'd push Seagate really hard and, and be really out for the win. And they still will be, obviously. And Olaf's yeah. a great racer and, and, and will do very well on the team. But it's just how those team dynamics now will work and whether they'll just be as efficient as they need to be. Yeah, that's, that's my take on them is, is, well, and that's what I, said in in podcasts is I don't think they're losing a lot in in athletic ability but yeah that team thing is is uh you know I think Eric is probably pretty much molded into the team I don't think I don't think that's a yeah you know yeah, he seems to fit it pretty well a, and I mean Eric and yeah. Murray both ran, uh, raced in the Tetons recently anyway so yeah. I think they'll know the area a little bit so yeah, they're gonna yeah. gonna be right up there and do really well. There's no doubt about that. So, um, and I think the other yeah. couple of teams, um, Columbia, that are always there at uh, World Champs and always in the top three almost. So, but I don't think they've ever beaten Seagate. So, um, you know, can they? Is the question, I guess. And yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I, I think the the biggest threat to Seagate is probably Hugloff Silver. Um, when they didn't race at the World Champs last year because I think a couple of members' teams were uh, due to have babies and families and such things, and I think Aaron Prince moved back to New Zealand, so they didn't race Worlds last year, but they generally are always right up at the front, and they are the last team to beat Seagate at Spain two years ago. So, um, And they pushed uh, Seagate very hard at um, China recently as well. So I think yeah. if anyone can beat Seagate, that would be my first pick. Yeah. Well, I kind of like Swedish Armed Forces because they've got experience at the race. Yeah. In Wyoming. And I think that can be a, that might be a big deal. Actually, I think they that... are the dark horse because 
haven't heard much of them this year, but once again, yeah. I mean, they're ranked number five in the world, and, and, uh, and well, I think they're five in the world, but they're right up there, and, and I mean, they are a strong team, and, and you can never count out the Swedes. The Swedes are always tough. And I kind of have a soft spot for for Ben Racing Oslackers, yeah. mostly because of all the pack rafting. Yeah. yeah, I mean those guys. When it comes to pack rafting, they're they kind of wrote the book. Yeah. So, um, let's see who else we got. We're coming down here. Godzone. That could be you know yeah, strong team, but without Warren, it's like yeah. I mean they were going. Well, and I don't know. They were going well last year, and until Tom fell over and broke a collarbone, so. Um, yeah. And they were starting. And and let's make sure everybody knows that he was running on flat ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was along the coastline, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. They were on the beach, yeah. literally, and he just tripped and and put his arm out. So it can happen anywhere. Yeah. But it can behind those first three yeah. or four teams, and I mean, as we know, there's nothing guaranteed in adventure racing. So I mean, it's not to say they're going to be yeah. the podium teams or anything, because anything can and will happen, but. There are yep. so many teams and behind just behind them that are, are quite capable. And I mean, you've already mentioned Tiki Tour, and um, yeah, I think both the French teams are looking really strong this year. Yep. Um, so yep. FMR and, and uh, Naturex, but Estonia always go hard. I mean, they just got to eliminate yep. um, any little errors, and and they seem to a little, be a little bit prone to um, time penalties. So um, they just got to get that part of their race right, and, and they'll be right in there. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, that top 10 or 20 is still going to be pretty tight. Well, once again, it's going to be 25, 25 teams that want to be in the top 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, so I got a little soft spot in my heart for Phoenix Multisport just because Pavel raced with Paulette in okay. Patagonia. So Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Canada A... AR was last time I talked to them. We're still not quite sure if they had a fourth. Okay, so Sorry, who was that, Randy? Canada AR. Oh, okay, with, okay. I tell you who, but, who had a good so, race in South Africa, and that was Eastwind, the Japanese team. Um, they was right yeah. up in about third place and chasing the leaders hard all the way, and then uh, they fell apart just on the in the last part of the race. So, I mean, they're an, an experienced team. I mean, you probably know the American teams mm-hmm. better than. Myself, um, I've heard yeah. um, New England are pretty strong, and Quest AR—they're still quite a young team, aren't they? Yeah, they raced um, God Zone. Yeah, and they raced well. These um, but yeah, but I think it was it was Emily and Dusty raced raced God Zone. I don't think I don't think the other two um, did because I know. Richard Kessler did. I can't remember the fourth, but um, so, so yeah, I can see a good battle should... between three of the young teams: um, Terra Aventura, the uh, Ecuadorian uh, Finland team, um, yep. and Sneaky Weasel Gang from New Zealand. And so, Quest AR will be quite interesting between those three youngish t- teams. How who comes out on top? Um, so I'll be look, yeah. looking at that uh, little battle quite closely. I think. We should have a, they should have a, a white jersey like the tour for best young team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's good so, teams out there now. Yeah, um, let's see where else we got. Uh, yeah, Untamed New England's got a strong, strong team. Um, 
Got Alex Provost, who's responsible for me having to have a Pepsi on all the time. <laughs> so, um, and then and then my two favorite USMES and USWE Adventure Team. I, every time I see one or the one or the other written down, I think it's the other. All right, so. yeah, yeah. Some of the teams get a bit confusing. Uh, yeah. Uh, for for my typing ability too, I wish some of the team names were a little bit shorter too, but. Um, yeah, I, I I understand you totally there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Wadali, I like Wadali because they're nice and short. Yeah. And if anybody wants to know, Wadali stands for we we eat dirt and like it. Yeah. So, and uh, I've known uh, both uh, Earl and and Justin for since '09. They they actually came out and trained with us for Primal Quest in '09. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just go um, Let's see who. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, just on New Zealand teams. I mean, from a personal perspective, it's just going to be really interesting to see how they go um, this year. I mean, we had four or five really good teams over in Australia last year, and, and uh, yeah, for one reason or another, several of them didn't finish. Um, and mm-hmm. Kiwi teams, as we all know, are sort of pretty strong at home, but. Um, recently have sort of struggled a little bit away from home. So even in China yeah. recently, a um, couple of the teams DNF'd. So um, it will be really interesting to see how Tiki Tour and Sneaky Weasel Gang go. Um, and the fact yeah. that they're coming out of winter too in the last month here hasn't been great. Yeah. So I'm sure they've been training hard, but um, Tiki Tour raced well on home ground. Uh, just how they go with the local terrain and maps and, and other bits and pieces. They, they certainly won't have that edge, but they're certainly fit enough and strong enough, and they'll be pushing hard for sure. So who are, I mean, Sneaky Weasel Gang, I know Isla, but who are the, who are the others? Yeah, the guys have been, it's pretty much been a similar team for a while, and, and I mean, um, yeah, they're certainly not household names, but they're, They've certainly been there. About two years ago, I think they finished like 12th or 13th at God Zone. Um, but last year, they, they finished 5th. Um, and, I mean, really just talented athletes. And, and um, I mean, they've probably almost taken over the mantle from uh, Bivouac Innovate to a certain degree um, of the up-and-coming young New Zealand team. But um, as a lot of people are aware, I mean, um, there's a lot of good young talent in New Zealand, and you could probably put half a dozen teams together um, to be quite competitive. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty much the same team as they had in Australia last year, I think. And um, yeah, slightly different lineup to what they had in China because China was such short notice. Yeah, well, it's just another one of those damn New Zealand teams that. You never heard of, and they just come and kick everybody else's ass because there there seems to be a never ending supply of those people in in your country. Yeah, well, so they finished fifth <laughs> at God's Zone, and I mean that's that's a pretty big yeah. performance because they finished behind you know Tiki Tour, Yeelands, who was Chris Bourne's team, um, Sword Fox, who were the um, is Stu Lynch's team, and just off the top of my head, I can't fin- remember who finished fourth. So I mean. They were basically the next cab off the rank. So, yeah. you know, they're probably only half a dozen hours behind the leaders. So they're good. Um, it's just whether they can put a good performance together uh, overseas. Um, and it's But it's a great learning experience for them. Yeah. 
I think one that'll be interesting to watch is uh, AR Georgia. Yeah. We got Hunter, Hunter Leninger. Yeah. Who is 13, I think, now. Uh, Maybe almost 14, so. Um, yeah, I think he's 16, Randy. I saw. I was reading something last night, actually, mate. So, um, is he that old? Yeah. He is, oh, well, I don't care if he. Now. I don't care if he's that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but still, it's very, very young for an expedition race. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Who else we got here? So, are the three Australian teams? Probably got to give well, okay, Ex- excluding Seagate. You think Tiki Tour next? Yeah, in I'm Australia sure on track record. Sorry, Randy, there you, you sort of upset a few people. You just said Australian team, so um, oh, still, my bad. Yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, I will yeah. forgive you. Um, but yeah, obviously <laughs> Tiki Tour won God's Own. So. Wait, wait, wait. You mean there's a difference between New Zealand and Australia? Yeah, about twelve hundred miles, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and don't be one of those idiots that tries to paddle between them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, for sure. Yeah. But um, I mean, Tiki Tour won God's Own, so I mean, they yeah. they are strong and they are fast, those guys. So um, yeah, once again, it's just going to be interesting how they go in the states, and um, yeah, and that's the only thing that sort of will hold them back. But they're quite capable of yeah. um, beating anyone, really, and they've already showed that. Yeah. So and they'll they'll be primed for it for sure. So what's um, I mean, you guys are in the middle of winter. How's it been for training for for the teams there? Well, guys, in guys down New down, Zealand, they've had a lot of snow. <laughs> um, so I've, yeah. I've seen photos of them tra- biking in the snow and cross country skiing and such things. A couple that looks like the Lucas brothers both um, had a short break over in Rarotonga recently, so that would have been nice for them. But um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's been cold and it's been stormy and wet and such things. So, yeah, it will be a little bit of a question mark over preparation, but um, I'm sure they'll be fit and ready. Yeah, yeah, get, guys are always ready. They're always out doing something. Um, yeah. So what do you think, from looking at the route book, what do you think the crux of the race is going to be? Um, those first two treks will be crucial there's no doubt about those and and um and i always find it's the second night is key teams that the team that gets out of the second night with a lead um a little bit of sleep in the bank um and yeah probably probably through some of that tricky part of the course uh the second trek uh which is also over 60 kilometers leg eight i think it is um Mm -hmm. So getting through that probably, and I'm not too sure on the time schedule, but probably on the second night um, will be crucial. And then once they get onto those mountain bikes, uh, normally I would say, yeah, it's not it's not over. But when you've got 300 kilometres of mountain biking, and depending on what the tracks and trails are like, if if there's a chance of going the wrong way, then it's certainly not going to be over. So I think the two tracks in the first half of the race, yeah. and then getting through. Um, that 300-odd k's of uh, mountain biking will be critical. But once they get on to the pack rafting towards the end and um, in the last mountain bike stage, um, it will be a little bit more defined, I think. And that's where yeah, yoga slackers will go well, but unfortunately some of that pack rafting is not until towards the end of the race. Yeah, uh-huh. that could be... 
actually that could shake things up a lot. The pack raft. Okay. Um, it's 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 Wyoming and it's windy, <laughs> and and uh, you know that could be a. a uh, you're right. It's not the crux. You know, I was just thinking as you're talking about that. Here's the interesting part: is so the fast team should hit the second trek in daylight. Okay. Because they've only got what it that bike, and that bike is should be pretty fast. Um, but if the slow teams, they're going to take, you know, they might take twenty twenty four hours, so they'll end up hitting. Let's see, what they could hit that second second trek at night too. That kind of suck. Yeah, get both of them at night, but. Yeah, I haven't sat down and worked it out that closely yet as far as yeah, where they're going to um, hit that second trick. But, um, yeah, I mean, the mountain biking must be reasonably straightforward. Um, I mean, they say 30% paved and 70% yeah. gravel road, so there's not much single track in it. Um, and there's no, no hiker bike, I don't think. Um, no. And they're averaging 20 kilometres an hour is the estimate, so um, that's pretty quick on a mountain bike during an adventure race. Yeah, the first one I think that's true. The second one is yeah, obviously that hundred, hundred and fifty mile is is that that's that's the one that actually to me might be the 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 crux because boy I you know that's a lot of time that's a lot of time to make up or lose time. Yeah, it's a big distance, but it's also, you know, you are looking at um, second day, possibly third night too. So, um, as you say, I mean, that will be um, a time when people are getting tired and mistakes can can happen and such things. So, so yeah, I definitely think once they get out of those two big um, early tracks, that will be uh, important. But uh, getting through the two following mountain bike legs in the rope section will be critical as well. Sure. Yeah. All I know is I I know a spot where I hope there's a team Saturday night because um, mm. supposed to be the best the best meteor shower in human history. Oh really? Saturday night. Yeah. And, and there's a spot on a course where they're going to be when they're on the second trek. So somebody I think they could. I'm I'm kind of like you. I haven't really sat down in in. And like taking a calendar and say, okay, they're going to be here on Thursday and here on Friday. But yeah, I'm hoping somebody will be at a certain spot that Saturday night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, oh, I love I love talking around what we can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, difficult for you because you've seen the maps, but I haven't. So, yeah. but I mean, just having a quick yeah. glance. Yeah, I mean, the first trek definitely looks like it will be at night, and they're estimating 13 yep. hours. So. And then there's a short mountain bike and another trek. So the second trek probably will be um, the second afternoon. It should be daylight for the yeah daylight for the first teams, but yeah, it could be nighttime for some of the others. So, um, and I'm hoping McGinley Orthopedics has a good race. They're the home you know they're the hometown team. So um, sorry, what was that? They always had. Yeah, they always have fun. They don't always have the best race, but you know. um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of kind of looking forward to it. You know, I haven't, haven't thought about it too much for the last two hundred days. Ah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
There goes my crazy dog chasing squirrels. But she's on her leash, so she can't catch them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, um, I, I think. Tell me what you you agree that this seems to be a pretty fair um, race course. To be a race course, I, I I don't see it favoring any any one team. I mean, certainly the first half favors the trekkers, and the second half probably favors the bikers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the yeah. young team uh, from Ecuador, Finland, or Tierra Aventura, um, they're strong bikers. Um, so I would, I would expect them to come through the field in the second half of the race. But, um, yeah, outside, I mean, as I say, Seagate, they're definitely the team to beat. And, yeah. you know, you've got your top three, four teams. But outside of that, I mean, the field is really even. And I think the course is pretty um, fair and even yeah. too. So, it's, you know, it's going to be exciting and fun racing to watch. And, uh, yeah, there will certainly be some surprises, I think. And there always are. There's, there's always two or three of the top ten teams who don't finish, so there's always a few surprises. Yeah, that's um, true. All right, let's let's go with a couple of far out predictions. Um, so we've got let's see, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 60 teams. Yep. Yep. Thereabouts. Uh, how many? How many full course teams? Uh, I'll go forty-two. Okay. I'm going to go fifty. Very good. <laughs> um, here's I think the thing that could really make a big difference is if it gets hot. All right. Um, and it's it's been hot here. Um, kind of unusual, like ninety-five to a hundred, which is pretty strange for us. So, I could that could affect. I mean, that might bother you guys, Kiwis, yeah. coming out of winter. I mean, any of the Southern Hemisphere teams, but um, yeah. Okay, so how many how many teams drop out? No, let's not say drop out. How many are unofficial finishers? Um, yeah, probably half a dozen or eight, but. Um, just out of curiosity, Randy, without giving too much away, I mean, do they get up to much altitude? Yes, yeah, but not, not forever. Yeah, not for a long period of time. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, and it's funny because I keep every time every time I go to the race and people are talking about the altitude, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, it is, it is altitude because because I. Sitting here at fifty three hundred, so right, it's not altitude for me. Oh, right. So, yeah. and what about Casper so, area and Wyoming in general? What are we talking about? Um, Fifteen hundred feet over, or something like that is a general. Um, yeah, height? I would say maybe seventeen hundred meters. I, I don't think anything would be under seventeen hundred meters total you know, anywhere. Seventeen hundred meters so or feet. Meters. Meters. Okay. I, I'm being. I'm being. Yeah. So, 5,500 feet. Oh, I think. I think Casper sits right about there. Okay. And I don't think they'll be much lower than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, the whole course is going to be 5,500 to what 7,500 feet. Okay. Um, okay. But and probably most of it at 
between 5,500 and just guessing 6,500. Because once again, the team from Ecuador, Finland, they their race was like at altitude the whole time, and and they yeah. performed real strong. So that suits them too. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's see what other what other wild ass guesses can we should we make? <laughs> um, let's. Okay. Chant, chances that Seagates wins. Uh, give it a bit. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go sixty-eight percent. Yeah, I'm going to go seventy-eight <laughs> percent. I'm biased, so, obviously. Yeah, it's it's just it's just so hard to to, to bet against them. It is, but yeah. I mean, until Kyle pulled out, I, as I say, I had. AMK at about forty percent chance of winning it because I thought they'd be yeah. right there pushing hard and and I mean Hugloff Silver definitely the team that I think are going to uh, push them yeah. the hardest but um, as always Columbia Video Raid will be there right there as well but yeah um, yeah I mean it's probably more seventy seventy five percent really um, uh, reality of it yeah it, I mean it just it'd have to be a I don't. I don't see how they get beat athletically. I mean, maybe you know a mechanical. Somebody can always get sick. Yeah. I mean, that's, I yeah. Well, Chris Vaughn he had a slip and a fall at God's Own Wanaka a couple of years ago, and he, he carried on. But obviously, accidents can happen. So um, yeah. yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. but they, the, the big thing is they just don't tend to make a lot of mistakes and and. When everyone's going flat out, I call it the space shuttle factor. Where um, you know, if you're traveling at the same speed, then yeah, it's very hard to close gaps. So it all comes down to that time wasting and um, and mistakes. Yeah, I think that's. It would be interesting to um, have some way to time. And they probably do if we put it all together to correlate time in TAs. Versus finish time, because you, you know the faster a team finishes, the higher a team finishes, the less time they spent yeah. in the TAs. All those top teams you now are so efficient in their transitions that you know quite often there's only a minute or two difference uh, between them. Yeah. Often, you know, they're in and out of there so fast. Um, but and as I say, all all the top teams are, have got that down to a fine art, really. So I'm not too sure that it's quite as big a factor as it used to be. That may, yeah, that's probably true for those top ten teams, yeah. definitely. So, um, the, the bottom twenty tend to take a little longer. Oh yeah, they eat a few. They eat a few more cheeseburgers on the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just trying to get them out of transition sometimes. Yeah. Um. All right. I don't know what else we got to say about it, except there's just there's a lot of really good racers. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think we you got, go through the list. I think we got thirteen of the top twenty teams um, in the world there. Yeah. So, I mean, real shame that there's no Australian teams because Thunderbolt in particular have been racing well in the last twelve months. Um, so it's a shame yeah. that they're not there. Um, also, uh, Skylar Tech, who won Expedition Africa, um, I did get a message from them. They um, just timing was bad for them and they couldn't make it um, even though they had a free entry 
Um, but they're actually yeah. racing Expedition India in uh, another month or so. Um, so, yeah. yeah, they finished 1-2 in, in Africa, and, and neither of them could make it. So that was a real shame. Um, and no, and only the one team from South Africa, um, Kinesis, who won yeah. uh, Uruguay. Um, and they navigated really well. So they'll be there, um, and they'll be in that, yeah. that right thick of that chase pack, I would imagine, and, and pushing pretty hard. So... Um, but they struggled a little bit, I think, in Spain, backing up in Spain, and, and were beaten by uh, Naturex and FMR. So um, I'd definitely look out for the Swedish teams, the French teams, and the Kiwis and the Americans. Um, they're the top nationalities, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, yeah, and, yeah. It's a smattering of just a smattering. Yeah, one one Canadian team. Let's see, we got one Norwegian. We got. One Denmark, who was so one Denmark who has who is actually tomorrow's podcast, which would be actually last week's podcast. Yeah. And they they kind of oh, and one Italian team. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I yep. Then there's Black know. Hills from um, from the Czech Republic and and Uruguay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, are there and actually. Yeah, who's the team from? I think Paraguay as well. Um, they actually raced quite well in China. Um, uh, I just can't find them off the top of my head um, and think of the name, but but yeah. So there's certainly a good mix of teams there, mate. And um, you know, as, as always, it's not just about the front of the pack. There'll be some great battles in the middle and and at the tail end as well. Yeah, that's. Um... I don't want to say they're they're having more fun, but. Sometimes they're more fun to be around. I, I tell you what, I always they, have, that, they have little time. I always <laughs> say that um, quite often every team that crosses the line of an adventure, expedition adventure race could write a book, but I often think that the the story that the back teams could tell would probably be more interesting. Um, and they've probably had more trials and tribulations than, than the lead teams. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, their stories are just as worthwhile telling as, as the lead teams. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's we'll wrap this up because yep. let's see. I'll have to put this out. I'll be, I'll probably be sitting in Casper working on this. Um, I haven't heard anything. Don't know anything. Want to make a guess at next year's worlds reunion? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've spent a bit a little, little bit of time down that way. Actually, not in reunion, but in Mauritius, and it's a beautiful part of the world. Um, but that island is pretty rugged by the look of it, so um, that will be a fascinating race and, and location. And I think it's it's great yeah. that uh, we've got new races springing up all over the place um, and, yeah. and great locations. You know, you've got China, India coming up, and there was even a post on ARWS the other day that they may have a couple of, of announcements coming up as well. So, um, or by the time this goes to air, they might be out. So. Maybe yeah. some new races coming up there as well, and, and um, sounds like it could be Northern Europe. Um, so, and then more races we have, the more coverage there is, the more the the sport grows, and and uh, that's great for the sport. Yeah, I, you know, it's like where's it going to go? I would like to see the sport go, go to where the top ten teams could afford to race. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know if it'll be we'll get much more than that, but that would be nice if they could, you know. I mean, it would be amazing if you could get all the top teams in the world together at the same time. Um, Yeah, and I mean, generally we we get probably eighty percent at at the world champs, but not everyone can make it. And but a lot of the young teams coming through as well um, would be fantastic to see them. But I mean, one last thing I'd probably like to add, Randy, is that um, certainly you know. To anybody who's watching and following the races, and it doesn't matter if it's through my Facebook page or um, Sleep Monsters, ARWS, or whatever, just share the posts and share the information. Get it out to as many people as possible. Spread the word. Um, you never know who's following and watching, and and just you know to try and grow the sport as much as we can. The audience and our followers can participate in that as much as we can and there's a lot of people working hard to try and grow the sport but uh yeah we all need to just keep pushing at it yeah i think people don't understand that a lot of times it's just kind of um coincidence sometimes makes things happen you know just the right person actually seeing something at the right time so yeah the more more we can push out there the yeah, you know, more chances are that yeah, you know, the right person will see it. It's the old six points of connection where everyone's connected to everybody, and particularly these days of Facebook, you only have to get into the ear of the right person, of you know, a sponsor or something or other. And I mean, I I truly believe and see adventure racing as the most extreme team co-ed sport in the world, and and yet yeah. uh, our profile is not fantastic. So we need to try and improve that, and we need to do that just by getting the word out there and. And spreading the gospel, so to speak. So, yeah, share it with friends and family, and and who knows, they might get hooked on the sport as well, and they'll share it with other people. And you never know who you're going to connect to. So let's just um, yeah, try and get out there and grow the sport. Yep. Let's um, like I say, we're we're like in the corner of a niche sport. So it'd be nice to at least get out of the corner and be a real niche sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually described it the other day to somebody that. Um, on a world stage, you know, we're probably one pixel on a 52-inch screen. Um, it's the size of our sport, and, and uh, it's an amazing sport, and it's uh, people do amazing things in it, and it would be nice if uh, more people knew about it. So, uh, um, yep. yeah, we'll keep working at it. We keep pushing, don't we? Oh, yeah. We keep pushing the rock up the damn hill, and it <laughs> keeps sliding down on us. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's... Um, Tell all the racers to go fast and take chances and um, go to AR Live, go to my page. Um, the Cowboy Tough page is going to have a lot of media up on it. Yeah. Um, me and, and Chris Radcliffe and Kiori and, and Luis will be all posting on there along with everybody else. So yeah. um, I'll be doing a lot of, lot of stuff just on my page. and We'll see. You may not get a podcast next week because it's like going to be in the middle of the damn race, but I am. I have sort of plans to maybe try and get one out during the middle of the race, so we'll see how that works. Good luck with that, Randy. Um, yeah. I, I always have these plans until I get there and realize how damn busy I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have lots of stupid ideas, mate, but uh, sometimes yeah. I have to pull myself back. I tried covering two races at one stage, and I was just getting all confused, and it was a great yeah. idea, but it wasn't very practical. So. All right, cool. Well, we'll uh, we'll probably be uh, talking during the race, so yeah, we'll be talking get rested up, and I'll be posting your photos. Okay, we'll, we'll talk a- to you later. Yeah, mate. See you later.
Thanks. Bye.